I'm back. Good job. Yep. Yep. Uh, my dad tried to convince me that airplanes don't actually travel, that they're just waiting room time machines that you sit in and then appear in a new place at a different time. And but I'm like... But you see planes overhead. Yeah. No, they land. In, in they just... In the sky. It's like quantum physics, but <laughs> different. <laughs> but a little different. <laughs> Hi, my name is Heidi, and I have an actual secret project. It's going really well. Hi, I'm Rory. And I got my SAT scores back. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers, spoilers ahead. So, what book are we talking? My Antonia. By? Willa Carther. Cather. There you I go. I keep wanting to say Carther. Yeah. It's just, it... Mm. It feels right. Yeah. It's mouth happiness. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so My Antonia by Willa Cather is set near the turn of the 19th century into the 20th century, which means 1800s to 1900s for reasons that are stupid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's set in Nebraska, and it's a, a boy who moves to live with his grandparents who meets some immigrants from Bohemia, which is now Czech Republic. Every time I hear bohemia i just automatically think of rent and yep, i automatically just picture them coming from <laughs> bohemia rent style honestly i mean that is <laughs> not that far off yeah uh from the way they're portrayed in the book this is an interesting one for our podcast because there's a quote that i think summarizes how to approach this book better than any of the descriptions we could possibly have mm-hmm. on the back and i will i will read it and you'll be like yep that's that's the one. Nothing happened. I did not expect anything to happen. I was something that lay under the sun and felt it like the pumpkins, and I did wa- not want to be anything more. I was entirely happy. Perhaps we feel like that when we die and become part of something entire, whether it is sun and air or goodness and knowledge. At any rate, that is happiness, to be dissolved into something complete and great. When it comes to one, it comes as naturally as sleep. That's it. That's the novel. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's also on, like, page 10 or something. Yeah. So you learn real early in the novel. Nothing is going to happen. Yeah. Do not expect Deal anything with it. to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pronounced Antonia, for those of you who've seen the title and thought it was My Antonia. My grandmother thought it was My Antonio. <laughs> oh, no. We know an Antonio, and I am not. <laughs> I'm just picturing him oh. on the cover. Yeah, no shade to him necessarily. Just yeah, no. Compl- I just it's funny. <laughs> the very worst case of miscasting. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, my Antonia is just full of beautiful quotes, and it does pass through time. But I I would say approaching it like Gilead, very similar to Gilead, mm-hmm. which we've covered earlier on the podcast. Yeah, read it, enjoy it, like it. What did yeah. you think? Yeah, I liked it. It was good. It was a nice. It's a nice little like. Feels like a collection of stories just based on the chapter. Yeah, and it kind of like it kind of is a little bit like it, but it goes through them eloquently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was like Gilead. It felt a lot like Gilead. It had that same hug feel. I have a quote. <laughs> Ooh, a quote. <laughs> yes. Would you like to read it aloud? Yes, sure. That hour always had the exalt exultation of victory of triumphant ending like the hero's death heroes who died young and gloriously he's explaining like a a, um 
a sunset kind of. Yeah. It's like a sun sunlight on a field. Yeah. Uh, this book makes Nebraska sound appealing. Which is well done. <laughs> Stunningly well done. <laughs> um, because Nebraska is one of those states that could be, in fact, part of all the states around it. Because there is no defining yeah. reason it isn't. Yep. There are just, there are so many great moments in this book. This is one of my favorite quotes about theater ever. Um, the idea is one that no circumstances can frustrate. Wherever and whenever that piece is put on, it is April. <laughs> yep. And I'm just, mm. it's like whenever I see, uh, we, which we've done before, yeah. but whenever uh, I see Oliver, it's November. Uh-huh. And we did not do Oliver in the fall. Yeah. But like, I, I watched that play and I'm like, it's November. Like, this is a November story. It's November. Mm -hmm. Legally Blonde is a May story mm -hmm. in my head. Dumplin' is obviously a September-October story, but oh. they also say the oh, date yeah. in it, like, several yeah. times. <laughs> and give you a timeline, like, every five minutes. And yeah. one more week till the thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty close together. Yeah. Before we continue... I would like to tell you, Rory, a surprise, and it is that my favorite scene in this book is the killing of the rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. What do you mean, of course? Only because I deeply <laughs> and sincerely want all the rattlesnakes to die. Hmm, I wonder why. I'm just like, ugh. Although, there's also a great quote about the snake itself, and it's like, ugh, wow. Wow, wow. Two great wow. quotes about the snake. He seemed like the ancient eldest evil. Certainly his kind of left horrible unconscious memories in all warm-blooded life. Which is true. Yeah, I love all the explanations of snake. <laughs> yeah. So in reality, it was a mock adventure. The game was fixed for me by chance, as it probably was for many a dragon slayer. And I'm just... I love that, yeah. Yep. D do you know that the reason I'm afraid of snakes is because I watched too many creation story videos as a youngin in which the snake would turn into Satan himself behind Adam and Eve's back? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Listeners, that's a personal detail. <laughs> that's a personal detail. Hi. That will come in handy later. <laughs> Mickey Mouse meme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I don't know why, but Jim... Reminded me of Dave from John Dies at the End. Yeah, okay. I don't know why, but... It <laughs> it's that real Midwestern, yeah. I want to leave feel. Yeah, and like the tone in which he spoke. Yeah. Like none of the events were the same at all. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the snake. <laughs> Just slightly. <laughs> that feels like something John would like get Her away with. <laughs> Her body burst into snakes. <laughs> And then we saw a very big snake. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it feels a yeah, it feels like a little bit like he's a part of John's story. Okay. I could also see John being a direct descendant of Antonia. Yeah. Because they live in the yeah, Midwest. Like I'm like I'm thinking it feels like he's a part of all of these other people's stories. Mm -hmm. And like the story isn't necessarily his own. Like yeah. it is, but it feels more like he's like, oh, this is when I was a side character in this story. And this is when, not like, this is when I was the main character. Yeah. Which is life. <laughs> like, no, this is when I played a side character in the show Antonia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I also feel like um, 
My Antonia and Gilead are like brother and sister books. Yeah. Which is hard to explain, but it is it is the kind of thing where if you liked one of them, you will almost certainly like the other. Yeah. And if you didn't like whichever one you read first, what is wrong with you? Nope, I'm willing to have a strong opinion on this. Gilead and My Antonia are both incredible books. Well, yeah, they're great. But also, I can see people who would not like them. Oh, yeah. And I understand. I'm thinking more of the aspect of, like, some people just need high energy. Oh, yeah, that's everything. true. Everything. Like, anything that they read to be high, erni- high, high energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I- of the actual process itself. Oh, I was thinking of, like, that makes sense. Because I was more thinking of people who are, like, read in kind of the general lit genre. Not people who read, like, genre fiction. Right. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Uh, But I'm not thinking of people who, like, they pretty much only read YA or only read science fiction. Like, somebody who's, say, read. Right, yeah. You see what I mean? Like, I'm thinking of, of like, oh, yeah, I've read Lolita. I didn't like my Antonia. You see? Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah but no i totally get it for like oh yeah no no shame to genre fiction readers because that's that's a totally different kind of reading yeah this is a very slow burn and in fact nothing happens do not expect anything anything to happen happen. (laughs) Um, some people just need things to happen oh yeah go insane (laughs) absolutely and this is not a book for for that no no Um, no don't don't believe that yeah i'm okay with yeah, I sounded more judgy than than I am as far as that goes. Cuz no, it's like yeah, it's like, oh, I finished I finished all of uh The Idiot by Dostoevsky, but I just couldn't finish Gilead. Like I'm Yeah. Ugh. Oh, that person. <laughs> yeah, that's the person I was wow. thinking of. Not the person who's like, yeah, I just finished like I just finished reading all the new Star Wars novels that came out right after episode 7. And, you know, I'm really struggling to get through Gilead. I'm like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> really? <laughs> I have some more quotes. Mm-hmm. Can I read them? Yes. And for full disclosure, um, because this book is is the slowest burn of slow burns, Rory didn't totally finish it, mm-hmm. which I'm not throwing you under the bus. It's just that I'm giving you an opportunity to openly react for hearing these for the first time. Hey. You don't have to. It might not be much for a disclaimer. I got like four hours last night of sleep and five, five the night before. Yeah. We have a tired roar on the podcast Mm -hmm. and a hyper hide. Three. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess everybody thinks about old times, even the happiest people. As we walked homeward across the fields, the sun dropped and lay like a great golden globe in the low west. While it hung there, the moon rose in the east, as big as a cartwheel, pale silver, and streaked with rose color, thin as a bubble or a ghost moon. For five, perhaps ten minutes, the two luminaries confronted each other across the level land, resting on opposite edges of the world. Which made me think immediately of Gilead. Um, I also immediately thought of hard times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hard times. <laughs> yeah, just automatically. Yeah. Oh, yep. This is one of those quotes that I'm like, I kind of want to get this tattooed somewhere. And I, I don't know how. But yeah. Some memories are realities and are better than anything that can hap- ever happen to one again. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Before I could sit down in the chair she offered me, the miracle happened. One of those quiet moments that clutch the heart and take more courage than the noisy, excited passages in life. 
Yep. It's it's very sweet. Yeah. Jim is a sweetie. He's a very sweet narrator. And Willa Cather is interesting in that a lot of, or not a lot of, because she wrote so much and I've only read a little bit of yeah. it. But her novels often focus on having a narrator who's really telling someone else's story. Yeah. Like, they're all basically the great Gatsby. Yeah. Except for the narrator is usually not narrating the story of someone very much like them. Yeah. Like, you know how great Gatsby, like, Nick and Jay yeah. have quite a bit in common? Er, it, so it seems at first. Yeah. Willa Cather's novels are always like, these two have nothing in common. Yeah. And then they, she brings them together. Yeah. It's very sweet and yeah, hopeful. Yeah, I like that. And yeah. I understand, like, I get that as a, as a, um, not from the perspective of a writer, but I get that as, um as to why a writer would do that more often mm-hmm. because like you are telling somebody else's story so it's kind of easier to go through yeah. in somebody else's head not easier but like sometimes nicer more clean yeah ish to like talk about somebody else's story through someone who you've created who you can like okay i have to worry about getting in this person's mind mm-hmm. yeah it's nice to, as the writer, kind of get to observe your own characters mm-hmm. by creating a character yeah. that you can look at them through and interact with. Exactly. Like, I can kind of make my narrator say something to my character who is full of vibrancy and surprises. Mm-hmm. And because the narrator is the one talking, I never have to worry about driving the story. Yeah. Which is really nice. She was a rich mine of life, like the founders of early races. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, the very end of the book, which is one of my favorite passages in all of literature. Uh, Side note for the listeners, I had a very, very busy, kind of insane past few time during the time I wasn't on the pod. And Rory very kindly and lovingly, because she's a good person, suggested (laughs) we read My Antonia, (laughs) which is perhaps the kindest thing anyone has done for me this calendar year. (laughs) The feelings of that night were so near that I could reach out and touch them with my hand. I had the sense of coming home to myself, of having found out what a little circle man's experience is. For Antonia and for me, this had been the road of destiny, had taken us to those early accidents of fortune which predetermined for us all that we ever can ever be. Now I understood that the same road was to bring us together again. Whatever we had missed, we possessed together the precious the incommunicable past. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. The first time I read this book was on the train to and from Stonehenge. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 like the trip that I. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a lot of feelings about this book. <laughs> That was a very important um, weekend for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I brought it with me on, on that weekend. <laughs> Makes so much sense. <laughs> Everything connects. I figured I'd read the back cover just to um, humor y'all. Mm. Also, I never say y'all, and I apologize. Also, I need a minute to gather myself. Yep. Widely recognized as Willa Cather's greatest novel, My Antonia is a soulful and rich portrait of a pioneer woman's simple yet heroic life. The spirited daughter of Bohemian 
immigrants, Antonia must adapt to a hard existence on the desolate prairies of the Midwest. Enduring childhood poverty, teenage seduction, and family tragedy, she eventually becomes a wife and a mother on a Nebraska Nebraska farm. A fictional (laughs) fictional record of how women helped forge the communities that formed a nation. My Antonia is also a hauntingly eloquent celebration of the strength, courage, and spirit of America's early pioneers. Wow, could you suck the sap out of a book. (laughs) (laughs) Not you. The author of that... What? (laughs) That is perhaps the least helpful assessment of a book I have... But you can't really... Yeah, you can't really... Yeah. (laughs) What do you... There's no back to this book. Yeah. I... Yeah. I'm... I'm... kind of not really normally in favor of including quotes from the book as the only thing on the back Mm -hmm. like the twilight problem Mm -hmm. in the case of my antonia i feel like that might have been a good call Mm -hmm. like because oddly this is a book that's oddly about destiny and love and faith and pain and difficulty and mm-hmm. it romanticizes the unromantic yeah without ever making it seem soft and that's very difficult at least my copy has them has a lot just on the front page oh yeah yeah my copy does not but my copy's uh older like it, it uh-huh. it's definitely not the new new edition oh this is also just a great side note before we divert I looked forward to any new crisis with delight. And that is like 12-year-old boy <laughs> status. <thought> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, yep. Mm-hmm. There was one that I had thought of mm-hmm. that's on the front page, so I'm reading it from there. But like I highlighted it and I can't find it. <laughs> that's okay. That's so. fair. That is happiness. To be dissolved into something complete and great. When it comes to one, it comes as naturally as sleep. Ooh. Mm. That is a good one. I also think I read I read the passage that that's in, mm-hmm. um, which is good because again, it's excellent. There it was, heroic in size, a picture writing on the sun. Even while we whispered about it, our vision disappeared. Mm. Yeah, thinking back to the first time I read this book and and the context of it, I'm like, oh boy, yep. I finally found one of the quotes that I highlighted. I don't know why they're so hard to find. The prayers of all good people are good. Oh, yeah. I like that one. I love it. Peak tolerant mood. (laughs) Peak tolerance mood. Or peak tolerance definition. Yeah. I like that. And I think it's true. Mm -hmm. And I like... I like those wildly hopeful sentiments. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add about my Antonia? No. Yeah, it's it's a very good book, and it is one that you p- might not ever be assigned. Yeah. Um, Willa Cather's Death Comes for the Archbishop is a more common assignment because it's also short stories, but it's like there a lot more happens yeah. in Death Comes for the Archbishop. Yeah. Um, although, surprise, he dies at the end. Ah. Archbishop dies at the end. Well, you would be surprised. John doesn't die in the end. <laughs> hey, spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's why we called the podcast "Spoilers Ahead." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to lighten the mood. 
any hoozle, let's smoothly transition to our uh, visual media of the week, which is not a movie and not even a TV show. Uh-uh. This is a first delicious for us. It's a... Uns- no. We haven't done an unscripted reality show before. Well, yeah, but like the the first for us being... I thought you were going to say like something that wasn't TV, movie. like. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We did Solve Squad. Before. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is our first unscripted reality. Yeah. And it is on YouTube because uh, we love YouTube. Yep. And YouTube is real media. Mm-hmm. Hashtag artists create. Also, if you can't tell a story in, a f- in four minutes, you can't tell a story in 40. Here's yeah. the thing. Worth it. The BuzzFeed food series. Yes. Uh, in which arguably... As with my Antonia, and this is the only connection point we can find, other than the fact that it'll just make you feel so good, and you'll be like, why do I care? And then you'll be like, because it's good. Yeah. And that cycle forever. And I love getting caught in a positivity spiral. Yeah. Like, why do I care? Because it's good. Because yay! So, Rory, can you tell us the premise of Worth It? It's basically, um, they go, (laughs) they go to third... (laughs) They pick, like, a type of food or, mm-hmm. like, um, sometimes it's, like, a genre of food. Yes. <laughs> like, Korean barbecue, stuff like that. Um, and they'll pick three different restaurants at three different price points. So, a low, medium, and a high. And the high is, like, really usually bougie and they just do it because, like, a they saw, like, an article and they're like, oh, this thing's really expensive. Is it worth it? Yeah. Guess where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to all those. They go to those three places and they try the food and stuff, and then they pick which one is most worth most worth it at its given price point. Indeed, and they do not always pick the cheapest, or actually, they don't always pick any. Like, there's no pattern. It's very yeah. clearly they think sometimes it's worth it to spend, and sometimes it's not. Yeah, and the like that's kind of the main thing is it's not. That like, oh, this one's the best. It's more of like, this one's the most worth it at its price point. Mm -hmm. So like the expensive one might be the best, but it's not the most worth it Mm -hmm. all of the time. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like, yeah, it's worth it to have this exact experience at least once. Yeah. Well, I think it was one of the earliest episodes, but I think it was this, it was steak uh-huh that um yeah one of them picked it because and he's like oh i'm gonna bring my girlfriend back like yeah straight up no this is like a fancy fancy date kind yeah. of food like it's absolutely worth it to spend the money um usually they tend i think if anything they tend to go for the middle one yeah but it's because usually the middle one is like yeah usually the middle one's kind of like quirky and unique and it's like got yeah. a cool story like the cheap one usually does as well mm-hmm. but um the middle one is usually like really something like really interesting, yeah, and something new and that also people don't normally do with that said food. Yeah, and also it is normally like actually something yeah. that I would go to and, and be like, oh, this is reasonable. Yeah, it's it's reasonably priced if you're thinking of like, oh, this is special yeah. but not insanely special. Yeah, um, like the cake episode, I've actually been to the middle restaurant. Yeah, I didn't get that type of cake though, so I need to still. Yeah, but I've been to both the low and the medium. Yeah. from cake. Um, but yeah, as, as you can hear from what we're saying, like the episode thing is not always like yeah. a full course meal. It's like salmon. Yeah. Cake. Yeah. <laughs> Cake. Um, steak. Do you have a favorite episode? <sighs> I think the sushi one. Mm. Oh, back when Keith was on? No, in Japan. Oh, yeah. 
where yeah. they go to that one like the one place that's mm-hmm. like super exclusive in japan yeah that one was really fun i really like that i don't know i kind of like don't have favorites really yeah like i kind of just love them all and it's really depending on what, like what i want to watch that day yeah like sometimes i want to see the international ones sometimes i want to see the new york ones sometimes i just i don't really care yeah sometimes it's more the season mm-hmm. that i'm thinking of it's also one of the YouTube shows I rewatch. Like mm-hmm. I'll rewatch oh my gosh, the early so seasons. <laughs> I'll rewatch the entire series. Oh yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. In fact, I, I'm planning on restarting it because I yeah. need I need something to watch at work when I'm eating lunch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, some of the episodes are just so darn good, and they like they have a really cool perspective on s- the way that mm-hmm. they pick their restaurants and. It's always really interesting. Like, they'll yeah. sometimes bring in a guest if it's a food that they're not familiar yeah. with to be like, okay, what are we supposed to expect here? Yeah. Also, the cameraman oh. is a great third Adam. character. Adam. <laughs> and he always comes in at the end and, like, tries the food. And he also picks mm-hmm. which one he thinks is most worth it. He usually picks the same as... um as Andrew. Adam yeah, Andrew. Steve. Andrew. Steve, I right? kept wanting to Steven say Lim. Chris. Yeah. I kept wanting to <laughs> say yeah, Eugene. Lim. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's not no. Eugene. Eugene's on a different show. Yeah. And completely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I also like that the cheap one isn't like something regular. It isn't like a regular cheap restaurant. And it isn't like, it's never like we're going to get burgers. Okay. McDonald's, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, yeah. it's like, it's really cool, like unique little place like a like mom and pop type thing usually oh yeah and even if it is something like a chain thing it's something yeah. really quirky off yeah. the menu it's not something that you would know to order which i love because yeah it's fun to know about those places and for a while I, when i lived in like la area mm-hmm. there were a few places that me and my roommate saw on worth it that we were like we should go there that yeah. that looks worth it and it was spoiler alert worth it <laughs> yeah so worth it is just one of those shows that makes you feel good it's a great food show and their reaction to the food is always like oh <laughs> like they're always for the expensive one they always, like they do this really slowed montage with like <laughs> intense, some classical. intense classical music and there's always a f- image of steven Lim with his lips curled mm-hmm. and like super excited and it's it's just oh it's so good and they're they're all really different people mm-hmm also the slow burn development of their friendship yeah and like uh it's just a great it's a great show because you can watch it kind of mindlessly but uh-huh. if you get into it and you're you're watching a lot of it or you're binging it also the episodes are not longer than 20 minutes ever yeah um but you can you can just see all these little things that come out also i yeah the only episode of worth it i don't like by the way is worth it tattoos and it's just because of the comments section and i'm just like you ruined a perfectly good thing is what you did Huh. Yeah. I don't really watch the lifestyle one. Like, I have before. Like, I don't really, like, rewatch it. I usually just watch the food ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they do have this... It is, as Rory mentioned, there is Worth It Lifestyle, which is yeah. kind of the spinoff. But and there's a different... It's Stephen Lim, but it's a different yeah. camera guy and a different... Uh, which is a whole other show. It's a whole different Without deal. Adam. And without Andrew. Totally Adge- different. Every time I use so many, ad- like too many adjectives, I just automatically think adjective Andrew. <laughs> 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 like, 
like in one in the fried chicken episode. Yep. Which I also I really love that one. Oh, yes. Um, he uses so many adjectives. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he just like keeps listing these adjectives about this chicken, and Stephen Lim like points him out on it or like calls him out on it, and he just starts singing adjective Andrew. Oh yeah, no, it. It really is <laughs> hmm, quite nice. And dare I say, binging the series is worth it. Yep. I went there. Yep. Would you like to introduce the next thing? Because I talked a lot on the first segment. As did I, you should. Okay, great. James Bay's Chaos in the Calm album. Yep. Now, you've probably heard a song off of Chaos in the Calm. It's Hold mm-hmm. Back the River, mm-hmm. which... I respect that it could be overplayed, but I do not think it can be overrated. It's actually a great song. I love it so much. But every single song on that album is really good. And it reminded me of Maya Antonia and, like, especially Hold Back the River. Like, that's the song that makes me think Maya Antonia every single time I hear it. (laughs) Yeah, there's Um, certain songs where you're just like, mm, this book. (laughs) I tried to keep you close to me, but life got in between us. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Whatever else we had missed... Hold back the river. Let me look in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. I once had a dream of fox trotting to hold back the river, which is really a great dream. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> That's the best type of dream. <laughs> like, wait, what? Best category. Yep. Hands down. Any dream with a foxtrot in it. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Foxtrot category dreams. Mm. Check. Yeah. Um, Check. I don't have a favorite song on this album because I usually listen to it as a whole. Yeah. And so while I can sing along with a lot of it, I have no idea where the songs begin and end. Yeah. Which is probably where I got the yeah. My Antonia feel. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just, it's a, it's a bunch of songs. I just can't figure out where they begin and end. Mm-hmm. Because this, this was a hard book to pair music with. Yeah. I mean, you can tell from the show that we are reaching. Yeah. So, I like, at first it was like, oh, is this like the Civil Wars? And then it's, nope, it's a guy with an electric guitar and a little bit of reverb and delay singing yep. about how he's almost where he's supposed to be. Yep. It's like, an it's a very, like, touch and release. Uh-huh. And I like it. I, I like. It's so good. Also, I love yeah. James Bay's voice. Yeah. Ugh, man. It's just, it's got that ear feel. Mm-hmm. It just, yep. <laughs> I explained that one feeling I get when, like, with certain songs. Yeah. Like the Paper Kites or whatever. Yep. I think that's the name. I always get it wrong. No, you're correct this But, time. like, the head, f- like, with earphones in, that exact mm-hmm. feeling and, like, kind of overlay. It feels like what a picture looks like with the with the fade. Mm-hmm. Th- not theme. Fade. Like a f- thing on yeah. it like when you fade it a little bit and it's mm-hmm. got that like kind of retro feel and it's just kind of blurred a little bit but mm-hmm. it like enhances the picture it's like that it's the ear feel mm-hmm. the the music guitar nerd in me is like james bay's guitar tone is one of my favorites of anybody's yeah because it's an electric guitar that he's playing like an acoustic guitar yeah and yeah that's cool as you know that is my favorite thing to do yeah is just are you finger picking that guitar with distortion and delay? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh huh. I could do something else, but why would I do something else when I could be doing this? Uh duh. Right now. 
feels about things we can't explain with our words. What song was that? I'm not sure that listeners want our mouth noises. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I too am at I too am at fault here. <laughs> I mean, it it might be a kind of shortish episode, but uh, I feel like there's a question you have to ask me. Wreck of the week. <laughs> it is not. Dare I say it? It is not even a freaking media this time. Oh. No music. No movies. <gasps> no paintings. No. Nothing. We're going. We're going out of the box in this episode. We really reach in. We really. Oh man, grabbing you know on. I missed you, and I missed potting with you. So you have to say it back. <laughs> you don't actually. What? Oh, <laughs> I missed you too. No, I thought you meant like I had to repeat no, wreck no, of the no. week question. I'm like, why was that bad? <laughs> no, no, no. I missed you, and I missed potting. No, I missed with you. you too. <laughs> so, so it was like, oh, cool. Um, so this episode, we're just kind of happy to be back in the saddle, and we're gonna yeah. fall out a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Um, my wreck of the week is no sort of art and yet is absolutely art. Mm-hmm. 100% botanical gardens. Yep. If there is a botanical garden in your city or town, you need to visit it mm-hmm. because it is springtime for a lot of you guys. It is, it is technically springtime for us in Hawaii, but you know what? That just means that it's hot out. Mm-hmm. So who cares? But I was in LA recently and the Chinese garden and the, um, the herb gardens were in yeah. bloom, but not the rose garden. And we went to like, we went, my dad and I visited a museum that is like art gallery and uh, really old fancy library yeah. and botanical gardens. And we spent like 30 minutes in the gallery and the yeah. rest of our like two and two hour visit. Yeah. Just walking around the gardens and yeah. chatting. And it was like one of the best things I've ever done. It was so nice to not. Yeah. Like coop up and just to be like look at that statue look a statue yeah. oh look a rabbit like it was yeah. just fantastic so if you are in southern california and you have a chance go to the huntington library mm-hmm. because their botanical garden is great but if you're not please visit a botanical garden um a lot of them are pretty inexpensive mm-hmm. and they usually sell food for not an unreasonable price yeah. if here's the here's the thing about museums and galleries and gardens if the admission is expensive, the food will be reasonable. Yeah. If the admission is cheap, the food will be expensive. Yeah. Um, but just plan it like it's a it's a day to be a classy, classy lady. Classy lady. Well, yeah, it's beautiful. It yeah. smells so good. It's and classy. Bonus, you'll get to feel like you're in a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there in my skinny jeans like, I'm in a novel. I feel like I'm secretly wearing a toga and not a sexy toga, a literally in charge of the Roman Empire because there are so many buildings on this ne- on this Acropolis. The same ho- holds true for Japanese gardens. Oh yeah, no there's a Japanese and a Chinese yeah. garden there and it was yeah. Cuz it's like it's a slightly different feel for me, but it's like Yeah, I don't feel like through. I'm in a Jane Austen novel when I'm in a Japanese yeah. garden. <laughs> that would be weird. But I do feel like I'm in a shoujo anime, which is probably, I mean, not the weird ones. Yeah. I just feel like I'm in a garden. Yeah. It's a good feeling. So that is my wreck of the week. Visit yeah. a botanical garden. Yeah. Rore. What's your wreck? 
CoStar. It's an app. Ooh, what does it do? So it's an app where it has like you enter your birthday, including your time of birth, mm-hmm. like the exact to the every five minutes. 3 p.m., baby. 10.55 in the morning, baby. Hey. hey. So you enter your birthday, that, and then you enter like location as well. Like not your current location, but where you were born and like that type of information. Mm-hmm. And you get daily horoscopes. But it also tells you your planet, like your planets, because you have, um, sorry, I'm getting it up. Okay. So it tells you your signs because everybody is c- somewhat in tune to the signs. It tells you your houses, which is just a number like one through 12 or one. It's just number one, four, six, seven, nine, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That can like vary. That's at least for me. And it tells you um, your planet in relation to those. So, like, there's, like, you know, Saturn, Jupiter, Moon. And then it also has rising, which mm-hmm. is just, like, an extra thing. But it tells you all of the planets and where they are. So, your planet is in a sign. And mm-hmm. then that whole combination is one of your houses. So, like, I'm just going to go... On my first one, basically. Yeah. So my son is in Capricorn mm-hmm. because I'm a Cap- like I'm a Capricorn, and that's basically like your identity and role in mm-hmm. life. And it is my tenth house, which me so like all of these come together mm-hmm. and create like a f- like a full meaning to all of it because they all kind of have like different meanings. So sun means role, like main role. Capricorn means like responsible, serious, efficient, rational, mm-hmm. ambitious, all of that. And then, like, 10th house means, like, how you distinguish yourself. Mm -hmm. So, they all kind of come together to mean, like, different things. And it's just, it's really cool to read through. You can add your friends on it and, like, see what they are and how you're compatible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't... Oh, sorry, to cut in, because we did this earlier. Uh, I definitely enjoy that there's also, like, it's astrology. So, there's enough that's... A li- they don't aren't so aggressive that if something's off you feel like like you're doing it wrong which is yeah. just a weird like yeah, I've no. seen some horoscopes that it's like I don't identify with that and the language is just so pushy that I'm yeah. like am I doing this wrong and then I'm like you know no it's idea. very like it's very you can tell this is like an actual place of like we love astrology and like astrology is really interesting mm-hmm. art it's kind of like an art form for me and yeah. I like you don't have to think 100% of it is true. It's just nice to, be, it's fun to be able to connect to something and be like, that's l- like, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is kind of exactly me. Like, don't let it define you, but like, it can give some example and like, it can give some, um, like, synonyms. Yeah. It's kind of like synonyms. How like, sometimes they're, right? Sometimes they're a little off, but mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I just, I, I love it. It's, it tells you, like, your today thing, and then it tells you, like, what planet in what, um, sign, like, what sign means what. It's just, it's really cool. It shows you, like, through what time period mm-hmm. you, you'll you kind of, like, be like that. Yeah. I also really like that it, um, it, it does a really detailed horoscope. Mm-hmm. It does lots of different details. It also shows compatibility, which is interesting. Yeah. 
Um, but basically, it gives you the room to deep dive if you want. Yeah. Lori introduced me to this today, so I'm just jumping in to back you up. Yeah, see, I joined it a while ago, but I didn't start, like, reliving it until today when I finally understood what all of it meant. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. It's just astrology is really interesting, and it helps you kind of put a little meaning mm-hmm. to a lot of things and, like, kind of perspective a little bit. And it's kind of nice to, like... Be like, oh my gosh, like, what's your sun sign? Yeah. <laughs> or what's your moon sign? Because, like, just, just like a quick, a quick, like, if you've ever seen Queer Eye, a Queer <laughs> Eye tip, just so cool. <laughs> yeah. Quick spoilers ahead tip. Uh-huh. Um, oh, spoilers ahead tips. We should start <laughs> doing those. <laughs> you, your, your sun. So whichever sign and house your sun is in, that is your identity or role as, like, a whole in relation to other people. Mm-hmm. The moon is who you are when you are, like, alone and when you're most, like, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, who you most identify with. Like, mine is a Virgo, and I completely agree. I self-identify as a Virgo. Indeed you do. <laughs> and then y- your rising sign is um, your, like, mask, basically. It's who people think you are at first, like, yeah. first impressions, and who you try to come off as being and mine is a Pisces so it's kind of like kind nice like a little uh indecisive uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just a quick tip but I really like it it's really cool to kind of get an understanding of all of that because yeah. it's interesting yeah it's always been something I'm fascinated by and not uh-huh. not really afraid of because as you know I, I'm a big believer in the idea that like we have so many choices, but we have so little knowledge about which yeah. choices matter. Like, looking back, I never know which one is the important yeah. choice. That for me, I find things like astrology just really interesting to yeah. to deep dive into because it's like, oh, this is fun. And while I don't think that anything but your own choice controls things, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. It <laughs> kind of shows you, like, maybe, like, it kind of... I don't know why, but it feels like it makes you more powerful to have an understanding of your astrology because it shows you how you can be different from that and how you can like, well, Mm -hmm. like everybody's different and everybody. And that's what I especially like about this app because it goes by like time and place. So it goes like exact, exact and not just like, oh, all of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Like it's like you exactly. Yeah, I love that. And I also think that anytime, anytime you can either agree or disagree you're in a more powerful place than if you're stumbling in the dark so if it's like i like there was something in ours because we we both were on the app so it was like oh let's check our compatibility and there were a couple things that were like no yeah no but the fact that that was how it was was also like oh but that's what makes me not just the result of my stars yeah is the fault in our stars or the fault in ourselves oh boy (laughs) It's just, it's nice to have an understanding and it gives kind of a bit more control because you can be like, it's kind of like self-awareness. You can kind of check in and be like, okay. Like you can identify the things that you do, you do well and that are, that are true on like according to all of like astrology. You can be like, okay, well, I'm going to put that in the bank and all of that. And you can identify the, the ways that you're different and be able to use those more effectively. Yeah. And, like, it kind of helps you, like, maybe try doing this. And, like, even if it's mm-hmm. wrong, it gets you to do something. Like, it gets you to, yeah. well, maybe you're right. I should go out and do more. Like, yeah, I should go out and take 
like take a chance and like be more assertive or like um take a closer look at look at like other people or try communicating better like it (laughs) even if it's wrong even if like the payoff isn't what they say it is it does have a payoff yeah in the long run make a choice and do it and change it and love it or or don't yeah yeah co-star it's gotta make plans to have plans oh excellent just it comes back every day of my life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i just i don't know why i'm so passionate about astrology all of a sudden it's just it's interesting and i like it yeah that's why you're so passionate about all of a sudden because it's interesting yeah it's just it's really cool and i'm (laughs) like oh my gosh that's me it me it just it makes it more personal because it shows you all of your exact things and you don't have to go and do the research yourself. It's just all there. It is. You can just be like, oh, well, <laughs> my Venus <laughs> is <laughs> is in Scorpio. <laughs> hey. Inter- my Mars is in Scorpio. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Roll credits. <laughs> Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP, It's Okay to Be Sad. This podcast is produced and edited by me. Both Rory and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes and or become a supporter on Patreon. You can also follow along on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at spoilers underscore ahead underscore. We'd love to hear from you and we promise we will eventually update everything. Yep. Okay, much love. Bye. Yeah. My Jupiter is in Scorpio.